Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you and we bless you for this day and for this time. We pray now that everything that we do and everything that we say, that it will be pleasing in your sight. Lord, may you be glorified and may your people be edified as your word goes forth. Let nothing that we do or say hinder us from hearing from you and in hearing from you, becoming more like you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It was 1965, time of tremendous turmoil in this country, race riots, assassinations, police brutality, war, poverty, all of the social ills had come to a climax in the mid-1960s. And it was in this time period that one of the most powerful songs and anthems was released. Very simple song, a very simple tune. But the message was so powerful that it became arguably one of the best known songs of all time. Even artists today are doing their covers and remixes of this song. I bet you you'll know it just with the first few chords. What the world Y'all can sing along if you want. Is love sweet love? It's the only thing that there's just too little love what the world needs now is love sweet love no not just for some but for everyone now when Dion Warwick sung that song it was without question a song that spoke to the condition of our society but what's sad is, as much as things have changed, things have still remained the same. I mean, really, she could come and sing that for Congress and see if we can get some Republicans and Democrats to start getting along, right? Come to our school board meetings and sing that song. Maybe the firefighters and the mayor can get together and sing that song, right? What the world needs now is love sweet love. Uh, but, but, but here's the challenge. Uh, most of us would agree that love should be the goal for our life and living. Uh, if you look at 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1, the A part says, let love be your highest goal. Verse 14 of 1 Corinthians 16 says, let all that you do be done in love. But here's the challenge. 
while we have the command given to us to love, I think the problem is, or at least one of the major problems, is that the overwhelming majority of us don't know how to love. We've never really learned how to love in the way that God commands us to love. Uh, Our definitions of love are really perverted at this time. Um, we, we, we define love by, by sex and brutality and pornography, and we have failed to understand that love at its highest form loves people at their worst in order to help them be their best. That God's love for us is not a selfish love, it's a selfless love. And so today I want to continue our series around this thought, I am hope, and I want to talk to you from the thought, learning how to love all people. Learning how to love all people. Our mission statement is that we will love God, love all people, and change the world in order to make disciples of Jesus Christ. How will we learn how to love all people? Because the truth of the matter is, while we say it, we're not practicing it as we should. If you have your outlines, would you say amen? Amen. If you need an outline, raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you. Here's the first thing that I want you to see. If you're going to learn how to love all people, number one, you need to recognize you are expected to love all people. You are expected to love all people. First Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 12. Let's read it together. And may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow just as our love for you overflows. I want you to circle two words. Circle the word grow and circle the word overflow. Paul says... You and I have a responsibility to not just love, but to make sure our love is growing. Now, let's be honest. Most of us have never experienced a growing love or a developing love. We have seen our lives defined by moments that we fell in love and then we fell out of love. Love was present and love was absent. And most people in relationships don't understand that you have to work at love in order for love to grow. That love actually has the possibility of growing. Let's be honest. How many husbands and wives do you know? How many people who are couples do you know whose best days of love were back when they got started? That's when love was passionate. That's when love was real. Now you just tolerate one another. And you say, well, I ain't going nowhere. I ain't going nowhere either. We ain't got nowhere to go. We both too old to go anywhere. It is what it is. We just going to go in with what we got. God says love has the potential and possibility to grow. And God wants each of us to grow In our love, that word love, agape, the verb form agapao, speaks to that unconditional, selfless, sacrificial love that, watch this, is not rooted in emotions, but is rooted in need, 
It's a love that loves us when we are at our worst, but it's a love that loves us in order to help us become our best. It's not a love that is dependent upon what the person who is being loved does. It is not a love that is contingent upon how somebody acts. It's a love that catches us when we are at our worst and helps us to be our best. And whether you realize it or not, that's the kind of love God has shown to you. As a matter of fact, even on the other side of salvation, that's still the kind of love God shows to you. That selfless, unconditional love that loves you no matter what. Look at 1 John 4, 8. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. 1 John 4, 16, let's read it together. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. Look at A. You're expected to love your Christian family members. Your Christian family members. Verse 14 of 1 John chapter 3, if we love our Christian brothers and sisters, it proves that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is dead. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart, and you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. He says, you got to start with loving your Christian family. And you know what God has shown me? One of the reasons we won't come out and serve the community and love on hurting people in the community is because some of you don't know how to love the folk who are sitting right on the pew with you. You don't know how to love the person who's sitting in front of you or behind you. Some of you are sitting in here with attitude. Mic check. Is this mic work? Mic. One, two, check. Some of you are sitting here with attitudes with people who are in here right now. And because you can't love one another, you can't love anybody else. Can, can, I, tell, can I tell you how, how we do it in the South? It's called Southern courtesy. Basically, it's another word for lying. Here's Southern courtesy. I love you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're so good. Hey, brothers. How you doing, Brother Jones? Man, it's good to see you, brother. Yeah, man, that Negro get on my nerves. Every time I turn around. All right, Brother Jones, take care. Praying for you. Yeah. Because that's what folk do. They pretend. Right? When I first got here, people said, man, Pastor, you so rude. You so upfront. No, I'm from New York. That's what we do. Like, we don't, we don't pretend. Like, if we don't like you, we don't like you. We're going to sit down. We can chop it up. We can work it out. See, we can get past it. If we can't get past it, we can't get past it. Save your breath. You don't have to speak to me. It's okay. You don't have to pretend. It's all right. It's all good. Right? We're going to try to work it out. Whereas here, man, folk don't like you. They just waiting to stab you in the back. But when you see them, hey, you're going to live a long time.
basically what John is saying is if you can't love in here, how are you going to love out there? We're supposed to be Christians. We're supposed to be children of God, and we can't love each other in this place. And God says, if, if you can't start here, how are you going to export what you haven't imported? How are you going to give to somebody else what you don't have? And there's nothing more painful than the wounds inflicted by brothers and sisters in the church. But look at B. He says we have to love our enemies. Love your enemies. Now, now watch this. I, I love how the Bible works. God says you're supposed to love the folk in church. Your Christian family members. Can't stand them. Get on my last nerve. Push my last button. Okay, what would you consider them? They ain't my family. My enemies. All right. Then love your enemies. Like, either way, you got to love them, right? If they're family members, if they're friends, you got to love them. If they're part of your Christian family, you got to love them. If you consider them an enemy, Jesus says you still got to love them. Look at verse 43, Matthew chapter 5. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That word hate literally means to detest, to be malicious toward, to have animosity towards. Whether you have animosity towards them or they have animosity towards you, it might be mutual animosity. God says you and I, we have a responsibility to love our enemies. Enemy speaks to adversary, somebody who is against you, somebody who is a foe, somebody who is hostile against you. Now, here's what's interesting. Jesus never asks us to love our enemies. He commands us to love our enemies. Why? Because loving your enemies is the greatest evidence that the love of God is in you. Let me say it again. Loving your enemies is the greatest evidence that God's love is in you. You say, wait a minute, why do you say it's the greatest evidence? Because you were once an enemy of God. And when God loved you, he loved you when you were at your worst. And you're not much better now. But he still loves you. And God says, if I could love you at your worst, why can't you love somebody else at their worst? See, let's be honest. Loving people who are your enemies, loving people you don't like, it doesn't come natural. Like, it ain't happening if the Holy Ghost don't do it in you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you all up in your flesh, oh, heck no. You ain't, you ain't loving no, uh-uh, no siree, Bob. <laughs> Better keep on stepping, right? <laughs> don't start none, won't be none, right? But, but, but when the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, there should be evidence that you are loving the way God wants you to love. Here's the second thing. Number two, you need to realize love must be shown by your actions, not merely by your words. Love must be shown by your actions. 
not merely your words. First, First John chapter 3, verse 18. Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Uh, I think John is, is trying to say in a more spiritual way what most of us already know. Talk is cheap. Don't, don't tell me how much you love me. Show me. <laughs> right? I, I want to see evidence. Love must show up beyond just talk. Uh, my late pastor, Dr. A. Lewis Patterson Jr. used to say, love is not a quiver in your liver or an ocean of emotion. Love is a minimum of emotions and a maximum evaluation of need given in a spirit of self-sacrifice by doing whatever is needed to be done, even if you don't feel like doing it. That's what love does, right? Love does what needs to be done even when you don't feel like doing it. And so God says, put it in action. Put it in action. We've, we've got uh, community empowerment this week. We have our worship and work. We're going to be packing boxes, praying over those boxes, getting them ready for families who are in need. Don't, don't tell me how much you love people. And you can't take an hour. I'm going out on Friday. Come by here and work on your way out. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm serious. I mean, a, a half hour, 45 minutes. Come and pray. Put something spiritual on that date before you go. You know what I'm saying? Husbands and wives, y'all need a date night? Come on by here before you go get a cup of coffee, whatever y'all going to do. Get rid of the children or bring the children with Them heathens need some help too. Bring the children with you. <laughs> You, you, come on now, you need to teach them to stop being selfish. All they do is think about themselves. They already got their Christmas list. Already talking about what you're going to get them on somebody else's birthday. <laughs> Look at Romans chapter 12, beginning at verse 19. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. If we don't love all people, if we don't love family, we don't love friends, if we don't love Christian brothers and sisters, if we don't love our enemies as we should, then the question is, is the love of God really in you? Here's the third and final thing. Number three, you ought to show God's love to all people because God shows his love to all people. You ought to show God's love to all people because God shows his love to all people. First John chapter four, beginning at verse 11. Let's read it together. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us 
and his love is brought to full expression in us. Underline that phrase, full expression. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. John 3, 16. Somebody would say that that is a full expression of God's love. And it is, but it's not the fullest expression of God's love. Because the full expression of God's love is not just the love that God has shown to us, but the love that we as believers show to others because of God's love that he has shown to us. See, when Dion talks about what the world needs now is love, sweet love, it's not just any old kind of love that the world needs. It, it's, a, it's a selfless love. It's, it's a love that sees you at your worst and recognizes that love can help you be your best. It's a love that is determined to make you better and not leave you bitter. It's not a love that looks like, how can I get over on you and get to me and help me? No, it's a love that says, you know what? We all need to get where God wants us to be. And so God says, you've got to love all people. Because I love all people. How are you going to not love folk that I love? And you may ask the question, well, God, why do you love them? And God says, well, the better question is, why do I love you? You looking at God and talking about, God, how can you love them? And God says, the same way I can love you? Because somebody's looking saying, God, how could you love them? Based on what they said and based on what they've done. And they don't even know what you've thought. And God says, the way that I love them is the same love that I make available to love you. Look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. His love is shown to all people. Blessings are shown to all people. He doesn't rain on the saved people's house and not rain on the unsaved people's house. He doesn't say sunshine only on the saved people's house and the obedient saved people's house, but we're going to make a storm on other. No, he rains on the just and the unjust. Sunshine's on the just and the unjust. Because God gives all of us an opportunity to experience that love. Let's read Luke 6, verses 35 and 36 together. But love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore, be merciful just as your father also is merciful. He is kind to the unthankful and the evil. Can I ask you a question? Can you identify any time in your life when you were not thankful? When you were not grateful? 
when you didn't stop long enough to say, thank you, Lord. Can you identify a time in your life when you were evil, when you didn't even get along with yourself, let alone anybody else, when you did what you thought you could get away with instead of doing what God wanted you to do? God says, he is kind to the unthankful and the evil, and he wants you and I to be merciful just like he was merciful towards us. Let me ask you a question. If you had a gallon of water and that's all the water you had, one gallon of water, that's all the water you had, that's all the water you have access to, one gallon of water, and somebody came to you and said they were thirsty and they wanted a drink of water, how much water would you be willing to share? Now, I know for some of you, your first thought is who's asking? Because there's some folk, if they came up asking you, you said, mm, I, sorry, play, I just got enough for me. I can't help you. All I got is a gallon. You know what I mean? Where's your water, right? But let me ask you a question. If instead of a gallon jug of water, you had a bucket of water and access to an inexhaustible well of water, and you could get all of the cool drinking water you could handle. If somebody came to you and said, hey, I'm thirsty and I need some water, how much water would you be willing to share with somebody from that inexhaustible well? Hopefully, all that they could drink and all that they could carry. You know why? Because you know you're not going to run out of water. Can I tell you the problem for so many of us? God calls us to be people of love, but we're giving from a jug and a bucket instead of a well. You say, Pastor, what do you mean? Some of you can only give the love that you have received from somebody else. And if you didn't receive the right kind of love from your mother or your father or your guardian or your husband or your wife or your ex or your children or your parents, if you didn't receive the right kind of love and you didn't access that inexhaustible well, all you have is the limited love that they gave to you. And you're trying to figure out how you can make it on the limited love that you have. And I need everybody in here to understand, because of God's love for you, God has given you access to an inexhaustible well. A fountain of love. And you say, what does that have to do with me? Pastor is trying to tell you today, listen, people who come to you more, than, more times than not are coming to you because they are hurting. And they're coming to you out of a lack of love. They don't love themselves. They have never had anybody to love them. They're trying to get over before somebody else gets over on them. Even the people that they trusted to love them haven't loved them the way God wants them to be loved. And so somebody in here, you don't know how to love. All you have is a little thimble. And God says, no, there's a well. There's a fountain, there's a wellspring of fresh water. That love is available. 
That love is available. And, 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 and here's the problem. We, we don't even realize it. No, no. I know you don't realize it because that's, that's, that was a shouting moment right there. You missed it. You, you missed it. You, you missed it. It was God's love that saved you. It's God's love that keeps you. It's God's love that makes a way for you. Even if God in his love doesn't keep you from stuff, it's his love that keeps you through it. Could have lost your mind, but you were kept in your right mind by God's love for you. God made a way out of no way for you. We don't share because we don't realize what we have received. When you realize the depth of the love that God has given to you, freely you have received, freely you ought to give. We used to sing an old song. said, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea, he heard my despairing cry. And from the waters he lifted me. Now, how safe am I? You know what it was. Love lifted me. When nothing else could help, it was love that lifted me. Yeah, the verse says, souls in danger, look above. Jesus completely saves he will lift you by his love out of the angry waves he's the master of the sea billows his will obey he's your savior wants to be now be saved today because it was love that lifted me you may look at me and say you're not all you should be but it's only because of God's love for me that I am where I am. And I'm not what I used to be. And now I'm going to testify and you're going to sit there acting like you've always been where you, I, I understand. So let me go on by myself. It was love that lifted me. It was love that found me when I was at my worst and been molding me shaping me into being who God wants me to be. God is not through with me yet because love is not finished yet. But he's molding me. He's shaping me to make me into what he wants me to be. There's somebody under the sound of my voice. You are where you are. Because of God's love for you. Have I got a witness here? Yes! Yes! Have I got a witness here? Can you testify? It was love that lifted you. It was love that picked you up. Turned you around your feet on solid ground it was love that dried your tears stained out it was love that mended your broken heart it was love that eased your troubled mind 
says the same love I gave to you that found you at your worst that loved you to where you are and will love you to where he wants you to be is the same love that he wants us to share with somebody else Father we bless you today thank you for your love God thank you for your love thank you for your love that keeps us through trials and tribulations. Thank you for your love. That keeps us through dangers seen and unseen. Thank you for your love. That when we were ready to give up, it was love that kept us going. God, help us to walk in that fact. Always remember, always be reminded of your love for us, even when people around us are not loving and act unlovable. Even when enemies are plotting and planning our downfall, God, help us to remember your love for us and help us to show that same love to somebody else. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.